0: This is Viewpoint with attorney
1: and author Chuck Meyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck
0: Meyer. Would you like to know the condition of your heart? Well, here is a test. It is a time-honored test. In fact, God actually acknowledged this particular test for our heart condition. It's called follow the money. Follow the money. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So where is Joe Biden's treasure? Where is America's treasure? Where is your treasure? Today on Viewpoint, we are going to follow the money And I'm glad that you've joined us. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And what we share today might be a bit troubling to you. It's not exactly earth-shaking because it reveals the condition of men's hearts for millennia. On the other hand, it's a problem that is revealing something more fundamental in the heart of America itself and of Americans. And that is the love of money being the root of much or all evil. Are you ready for this today? I hope so. Welcome to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. Its conversation is always with ever increasing conviction, talk that transforms. A former Hunter Biden business associate, Rob Walker, received $3 million from a corporation connected to the Chinese Communist Party just two months after Joe Biden's tenure as vice president ended. That was revealed in bank reports that were released by the U.S. Treasury Department just in the last couple of days. The next day after receiving the $3 million Chinese payment, Walker started transferring the money into three different Biden family members' accounts. According to the House Committee on Oversight and Accountability, One of those receiving the transfers is, quote, Biden family member that's never before been identified as being involved in the influence peddling scheme. Notice this is a much bigger picture. This isn't about Hunter Biden particularly. This is about Joe Biden. This is about the entire Biden family and associates. The revelations came after the Biden's Department of Treasury under the threat of another House hearing with potential perjury charges, relented and finally sent the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, Mr. Comer, the banking suspicious activity reports on the Biden family members and associates that had been requested for more than a year. Comer said the U.S. Treasury Department has caved. He said, we've been demanding these suspicious activity bank reports for over a year. But Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said, we couldn't have them because we were in the minority. In other words, it didn't matter whether the House Oversight Committee and one of its leaders was also a congressman and that the balance in the House was very close. didn't really matter. The only thing that mattered to Janet Yellen was, well, they weren't in the the majority party. So it took a couple more Treasury refusals and ultimately the threat of a subpoena for a transcribed interview before Yellen and the Treasury relented. So, says uh, Mr. Comer, Congressman Comer, this is a very serious information that we've received. Very troubling information, he said. It does show a pattern that the Biden family was receiving family or money directly from China, and the question I have is, what were they doing in return for that money? Comer said, it's as bad as we thought. Is it as bad as you thought, or did you even think about it? Maybe you thought that it wasn't even relevant. Maybe you thought that well, it was just too much talk about nothing. But apparently not. In fact, another report says it's believed that dozens of banks were involved in funneling money from China to the Biden family. And this came from the House Oversight and Reform Committee Chairman, James Comer, who issued the subpoena to one bank, for the records of Hunter Biden's business associates. You see, you follow the money, and you begin to get into the chain of command, the chain of order of the distribution of the money. You follow the money. So the subpoena revealed this week was issued to order the Bank of America to produce all financial records dating to January 20th of 2009, For John R. Walker, who has been accused of forming a joint venture with Chinese executives, as well as two other private individuals. The wire from China went to an account in the name of Rob Walker, said Comer. Then it was funneled back to three different Biden family members, and they always used one or two pass-through entities first. In other words, they were laundering or funneling the money, trying to hide it. Comer added that the subpoena was just for one bank. But he said, we believe there are many more, at least a dozen more banks that had transactions from our adversaries, not just in China, but also in Russia, in Ukraine. So we're just going to continue to follow the money. Comer said, I can say with confidence that the Bidens did receive a transaction that was funneled from China. Does it make any difference to you here as we're talking about what's happening with America's banking system? The whole financial system is topsy-turvy, and here we find a revelation that has been long suspected but fought over that the Bidens themselves are up to their eyeballs in, should we call it, money laundering? graft, or if it's coming from our enemies and quid pro quo is exchanging hands in some way or another, are we getting close to the T word? The most terrifying criminal activity that there is other than murder? We're looking at something that's very grave here. And money, my friends, and the love of money can get us into a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. In fact, the Bible even warns about that, you know. Let me just share a few passages with you before our first break. Keep your lies from the love of money and be content with what you have. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation. Temptation and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Not just individual people, but families, their reputations, and whole nations. Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. So honor the Lord with your wealth, or substance, and with the first fruits of all your crops or your increase. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. So, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I hope you'll stay tuned, friends, because we just started following the money. Promises, promises. Money seems to make many promises, doesn't it? And there's nothing wrong with money in and of itself. It's just a means for uh, transacting, business, uh, buying and selling and so on. That's not the problem. The problem is we when we put an overemphasis on money and what money can give us. And we know that money can't buy us love. Isn't that what the song said? I don't care what money can buy, but money can't buy you love? Well, true. It can't buy you peace either. And it can't buy you salvation. So what can it buy you? Well, it can buy you the necessities of life. And it can buy you enough so that you can... Have an abundance for every good work that God would have for you to do if you're walking in his word, will, and ways, and following his economic plan. Not the economic plan of the United States or of the world or of the new world order, but of God's economic plan, and he has one. He's made it clear in his word. And the more I have realized over the years, the past 40 years, how clearly God has made it in his word, I decided, you know, uh, I'm going to follow this. I'm going to follow this, not because I want to make a lot of money, but because I don't want to get into trouble with money. And I want to be part of God's kingdom economy so that whatever God would have for me to have in my disposal To be a trustee for his resources, I want to be a participant in that economy. Do you? Do you want to be a participant in that economy? You'll never be a true participant in that economy if you have an inordinate love of money. It just ain't going to work. It's going to get you in trouble every single time. Promises, promises. All kinds of promised uh, returns on so-called investments, get-rich-quick schemes, uh, probably almost everyone else has gotten caught in something along that line. And quite frankly, it never seems to work. Even when the U.S. government tries to seduce you into making those kinds of investments and promises you all kinds of tax benefits. <laughs> I tell you, it's just best to live a quiet and peaceable life to be honorable in all your dealings. To thank God for his blessings. To work honorably and diligently and faithfully. Like Benjamin Franklin, you know, early to bed, early to rise, makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. Notice he said healthy and wealthy and wise. All three of those things together. God wants us to have all of the abundance he would have for us to have. Now, not everybody is going to have all the same amount of abundance because God doesn't have the same plan or purpose for every single purpose, for every single person. We have to recognize that. Some people are gifted uh in the handling of money in ways that other people are not. Some people are gifted in working with their hands and artistry that other people are not. Some people are gifted in working with words in ways that other people are not. Some people are just tremendously gifted in working with people uh, in ways that other people are not. Notice, God has placed in us and in uh, the people that he's created a diversity. He's created, this is the proper use of the word diversity, a diversity of gifts gifts and uh, uh, abilities and so on. And he's done that for his purposes, not for your purpose, but for his purpose. And then when we see our purpose in his purpose, then everything seems to go much better. And unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever, however you might want to look at it, money is the fulcrum over which these purposes and prosperity balance. And not all prosperity has to do with money. It also has to do with health. It also has to do with wisdom. It also has to do with accomplishing the plans and the purposes that God has for our individual lives so that we can feel fulfilled in what we are doing, involved in his kingdom for his kingdom purposes. And then, when we have that mind and that heart set, It's amazing what God will do over a period of time to trust or entrust us with more and more, whether it be money, whether it be uh, uh, leadership, uh, opportunities, and so on, that are going to advance our place, our purpose in his greater plan and purpose and kingdom. So, all that having been said, as a... Segway now into the next segment of dealing with money. Now, we know uh, what's happened in the last several days. It's less been less than a week now since the Silicon Valley Bank uh, collapsed. And we know we're learning an awful lot about uh, how and why it collapsed. One reason it collapsed is because of the love of money. That's right. And uh, people thought, "Boy, this was the greatest thing since sliced bread." And not only that, but it offered a a whole meal of uh, uh, wokeness. You could engorge yourself on wokeness there uh, with the Silicon Valley Bank, and so it seduced people from all over the country, and particularly in the high tech region. <clears throat> Interestingly, though, only one member of its board of directors had investment banking in their career. No one else had any experience there. But the others were major donors to the Democratic Party. Notice the love of money, friends. The Democrat Party loved the money. These people loved to give the money, other people's money, from depositors that came into the bank. And so they funneled the money to the Democratic Party for more power, perks, and position, and uh, more blessings from the Democrat Party that would flow to the bank so that they could do virtually whatever they wanted to do. So, federal authorities now are investigating the board after it failed to prevent the bank from going under. While it invested clients' money in risky, low-interest government bonds and securities. This is a big deal. Also, the SVPB uh, bank, Silicon Valley Bank, uh, had a penchant, not pension, but penchant, for focusing on leftist issues such as supporting environmental, social, and governance policies, ESG. And they held a month-long pride celebration and touted the diversity on their board. They produced videos to brag about their diversity, to brag about their wokeness. But they didn't seem to spend much time managing the depositor's money. It was all about a show of fast gain of prosperity through the deposits of wealthy people whom the bankers apparently saw as lining the bankers' own pockets for their power, perks, and position. Notice everywhere you go, Whether it's compromise in the church, whether it's compromise in the financial institution, compromise in politics, compromise in the medical profession, it's always about power, perks, and position. The very thing that crucified Jesus. It's true. Even the crusty Pontius Pilate, not even remotely a Christian, a Roman governor saw through it all. And he said, but for envy, they brought him. In other words, they lusted after Jesus' power, perks, and position. They wanted that. They said, now, if we don't get rid of Jesus, we're talking about the religious leaders now. We're not talking about the Romans. We're talking about the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes, the leaders, the 71 elders of Israel, the Sanhedrin. They came after Jesus for one Reason to protect their power, perks, and position. It had almost nothing to do with whether he was telling the truth. They felt threatened. And so they said, now if we don't get rid of him, he's going to take away our place and our protection from Rome. It's very simple. Now, they also felt that their finances were threatened. The Bible doesn't specifically say that. It doesn't have to say that because these were extremely wealthy people. They got wealthy on the backs of the Jewish people. They were the kingpins in Israel. They were the governors of Israel. And they were wealthy, most of them. And they felt that their wealth was threatened by the truth, by Messiah. How many other people out there today feel like their wealth and their ability to get wealth is threatened by Jesus as Messiah? Oh, friends, I tell you, hundreds of millions of people. That's right. Why? Because if we have to follow Jesus and his pattern, then I can't follow the lust of my flesh to its screaming uh level, and so I'm not going to go there whether it has to do with money, whether it has to do with sex, whether it ha- whatever it has to do with, if it impinges upon the lust of my flesh, I'm not going to embrace Jesus with a whole heart. So, we have a nation just like that now. It's careening off the deep end. So much so that... A, another report came from the CEO of BlackRock. Mr. Fink, the BlackRock chief executive, Lawrence Fink, warned today that the U.S. regional banking sector remains at risk after the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and that inflation will persist and rates would continue to rise. He sent an emergency open letter describing the current financial situation as the price of easy money. In other words, get rich quick. His annual letters went to CEOs and investors. Traditionally sent in January, has become a touchstone for corporate leaders as the New York firm he co-founded grew into the world's largest asset manager with $8.6 trillion under management as of December 31st. What if that were to fail? Have you noticed, friends, if you watch television, have you noticed the ads that have come on in the past two to three weeks from BlackRock? Here's how those ads go. They make it look like they're the greatest friend America and the family ever had. And they're coming alongside your community, and they're coming alongside you to make your life wonderful. No, that's not what they're doing, friends. They're actually buying up America so that they can control America. They're buying up houses all over the land so that they can control housing and control the land. BlackRock. They are hyper-liberal. And they, I believe, saw these things coming. They could see the handwriting on the wall financially, and they decided they needed to get out in front of it and produce all of these ads so that they could insulate themselves and their reputation for what was about to take place. And, as we just reported, even the chief executive, Lawrence Fink, a hyper-liberal, has come right out in front now and admitted the high risk that our country is in financially. And you know what? We just started here today. Follow the money, my friend. Follow the money. And because seduction is so easy, you might want to get a copy of my book, Seduction of the Saints, How to Stay Pure in a World of Inception, on our website, saveus.org. There is
1: so much more about Chuck Chrismeyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the Marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archive. Save America Ministries' website at saveus.org.
0: Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. Again, we're talking about following the money, and uh, today we're doing just that. Uh, We're taking a look at what's happening in our world, what's happening in our country, uh, what's happening in the interrelationship between our president and his family and uh, America's enemies, whether it happens to be China uh, or Russia uh, or even Ukraine. You see the massive uh, graft in Ukraine drew Hunter Biden there. That's where Joe Biden went, remember, and basically threatened uh, the folk in Ukraine that if they did not do what he asked them to do in calling off the dogs against his son Hunter, that he was going to keep them from getting a billion dollars from the United States. He said, I'll give you, what was it, six hours or something like that? And guess what? They did exactly what he said. What do you call that? Is that bribery? What, what do you call that? Just Just asking, my friends. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Just the tip of the iceberg that is now, uh, the ice has started to melt away, and uh, we're beginning to see what lies underneath the water. You know, they say that uh, the majority of an iceberg is at, is not what you see on top of the water. it what, It's what lies under the water. That's actually what took the Titanic down, remember? It was under the water. So anyway, we are going to continue to look at uh, this uh, Silicon Valley Bank Board of Directors, that had only one investment banking career person on their board. But let's take a look at some of the others. Uh, SV board member Phil Cox sits on the board of Next Generation Cyber Talent, a nonprofit that provides a platform to increase diversity and inclusion in the cyber sector area. Notice it's all about diversity and inclusion. It's not about managing money. Another board member, Kate Mitchell, co-founded the National Venture Capitalist Association initiative called Venture Forward, which focuses on advancing opportunities for women and underrepresented minorities in the venture ecosystem. Ecosystem? I thought we were talking about the financial system. No, this is not about the financial system. It's about a much bigger picture. Next, Mitchell donated... $50,000 to Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign in 2016, and then actually broke down and cried when Clinton lost to Trump. She prayed at a Shinto shrine afterward. Right Aid CEO Elizabeth uh, Burr, another SVP board member, told Authority Magazine that in 2021 she saw her role as getting companies to diversify, saying all we need to start with being conscious, recognizing that if we're not solving the problem, we're part of it, and that's a problem, a big problem. So people of color in this country face a far more difficult journey to achieve their dreams than I do. And so she said we had four years of a president who unleashed a tide of racism and white supremacy. I don't know where that was uh, because he did more for the black community than any other president in memory. So these people, they have a viewpoint that is purely radical Democrat Party viewpoint. Board member uh, Garen Staglin donated tens of thousands of dollars to Democrats over the last decade, most prolifically to Nancy Pelosi, whose estate is less than 15 minutes away from Staglin's vineyard in Napa Valley, California. Still another board member, Mary Miller, served in the Obama administration as an undersecretary of domestic finance for the Treasury Department and ran as a Democrat in the 2020 Baltimore mayor mayoral race. Now, I want you to think about this. If they were so interested in diversity, why did they not have even a single person of a contrary viewpoint on their board that could help stabilize their outlook financially financially? for their depositors. They weren't interested in diversity. They're interested in carrying on a radically left-wing, unbiblical agenda. All right. So, the World Tribune tells us uh, a very interesting picture concerning this. that They felt they were too woke to fail. You know, we heard this phrase back in 2008, with a big financial upheaval then, too big to fail. And so the United States government, assisted by uh, first uh, George W. Bush and then uh, Barack Obama, came in and uh, basically underwrote and bailed out the big banks, costing Americans untold additional taxes and massive additional uh, debt, national debt. So in the wake now of the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, financial analysts now are slamming Team Biden for pushing banks to consider LGBTQ and global warning over shareholders' returns. A former bank examiner, Mark Williams, for the Federal Reserve, told Fortune Magazine that SVP's failure had much to do with risk management or the lack thereof. He said the board failed to adequately protect shareholder value. But why worry about a thing as important as risk management when you're too woke to fail? Team Biden was quick to swoop in and rescue customers of SVP, which caters to the leftist techno class, and as one of the leaders in risk management, as the New York Post reported, who spent considerable time spearheading multiple woke LGBTQ programs, including a safe space for coming out stories there at their bank. Unbelievable. Home Depot co-founder Bernie Marcus said that uh who knows whether the Justice Department would even go after them. They're a woke company, so I guess they won't. And they'll probably get away with it. The U.S. Treasury, the Federal Reserve, and the FDIC issued a joint statement on Sunday that SVP depositors will be able to access their money and vowed that no losses associated with the resolution of SVP would be borne by the taxpayer. Taxpayer. But it wasn't just woke insurance that SVP had going for it. NBC's Maria Kumar noted that SVP is the Democrats ATM. Oh, that's where they get their money. Indeed, unsurprisingly, SVP had many depositors who work in Silicon Valley. For context, 95% of Silicon Valley employees at six major tech firms donated to Biden's 2020 bid. More data shows that tech employees across the board donated to Democrats. So it's not surprising to see that Biden would act so swiftly to make sure his donors are taken care of. It doesn't matter about you, my friend. It's his donors because... That bank was his ATM machine. So the action was taken under the premises of shielding or protecting the little guy. But according to this writer, that's a lot, a load of crock, to put it mildly. It appears that Biden was more focused on rewarding his allies who knowingly took book risks by investing with this bank and keeping more than the FDI insured in one location. I don't have any intention to go on further with the details of this because they reek to high heaven. It's not just mismanagement. It's something far beyond mismanagement, friends. It has to do with the love of money... And using it for inappropriate purposes to accomplish illegitimate purposes. In other words, it's as if, as if the monies were taken fraudulently in order to do something other with the money than what the depositors intended. The depositors, I'm sure, intended to make some money and have their money protected. But it didn't work that way. Now, as if that's not enough, a former Treasury Department official said yesterday that American banks are on the verge of being nationalized following what happened to the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and the government's response. Nationalized? Friends, you talk about fascism. This is scary stuff. isn't it federal regulators shut down the silicon valley bank friday after its stock price collapsed and customers began a a bank run following the financial institution's disclosure of a 1.8 billion dollar loss of on asset sales due to high interest rates So this is a breathtaking step which effectively nationalizes or federalizes the deposit base of the U.S. financial system. You can call it a bailout. You can call it something else. But it really, it's absolutely profound. Now the authorities, including the White House, are not going to say that because... Well, it implies they have just nationalized the banking system. Technically speaking, they haven't, but in a broad sense, they're on the verge of doing just that. Does the federal government want, under the Democrats, to nationalize the banking system? Maybe so. Maybe that's how they see the public crying out for some deliverance, and they then collapse the currency and out of that bring about a digital banking system to bring it all under a new world order what do you think we'll be right back follow the money my friend follow the money
1: have you ever considered what the early church was like But the same can be found right now. Go to SaveUs.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's SaveUs.org. Click Sell Church.
0: We're following the money here today on Viewpoint. And as we follow the money... It brings us to reconsider, from God's viewpoint, what money is like. And so, again, we remind ourselves about money. We have to continue to remind ourselves, and that's why God wants us to spend quality time in his word every day. Someone called me today. A professional called me this morning early. Said I've been listening to your program, and you've talked about studying the Bible, and you've talked about how you study the Bible and don't go to sleep. What well, you do? And so I said, will you please call me, uh, call me in the morning, and we'll talk about it. So he did, and we talked about it this morning, and I told him what I do. And ever since I began to do that about forty years ago, I never fell asleep again studying the Bible. Not once. What is the difference between just reading the Bible and studying it? Well, would you like to know exactly what I do? You don't have to do this. The Bible doesn't say you have to do it this way, but it certainly has worked for me. So because he asked, I'm going to tell you. Look, you say, well, what does this have to do with money? It has everything to do with money because the Bible has an awful lot to say about money. We just don't want to hear what it has to say. Unless it's talking about the other guy. If it's talking about the other guy, then we don't mind it. But if it's talking about me, we don't want to know what it has to say. Let me give you an idea. The Bible says that we should not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now, most people think that means that we shouldn't marry an unbeliever. Well, it does mean that, but it means a lot more than that. It means we shouldn't go into partnership with people who are not believers. We shouldn't go into a partnership with a a businessman or woman or a company or something that are non-believers. Why is that? Because we shouldn't be unequally yoked together. You know why that is? Because what they do from the legal standpoint is what you do. What you do, they do. What they do, you do. It's as if you're one person and you're going to bear the whole liability for that other person. How many times have I heard people say, businessmen, Christian businessmen who say, well, uh, you know, if I were presented with this kind of opportunity, I do my due diligence and if everything looked good, then I'd go ahead with the deal. Well, that's why so many Christians are finding themselves defrauded, losing everything they had or an awful lot of what they had because of people that were not scrupulous. And they thought they were wonderful people. I have a dear friend that lost everything. He was a multimillionaire, lost everything because of an unscrupulous partner. And I had to make this kind of a decision myself, by the way, when I was practicing law for four years with a small firm, had a reputation of being a Christian firm in Southern California. And when it came time for partnership, uh, a secretary asked me, a Christian secretary, asked me privately, uh, you're not considering becoming a partner here, are you? She said, I don't know how you can do that. You know why she said that? Because two of the people in the firm were not believers. They knew about God, they believed in God, but they didn't believe Jesus. They were not Christians. She says, how could you possibly become? She knew how I believed. She knew that my life was governed by the word of God, the authority of God and his word. She said, I don't see how you could possibly become a partner here. So the Lord spoke to my heart and confirmed, no, I don't want you to do that. So I went in and uh, told the, uh, the head of the firm, a Christian brother, whom I respected, by the way, uh, that I would not be able to uh, proceed with the firm into a partnership after four years uh, and would be leaving shortly. Well, I had nowhere to go. I had no plans. I had nobody was going to hire me. And so I went out by faith to open up my own law office. 30 days later, I was in my own law office. The Lord worked things out in a miraculous way. I don't have time to go into all the details, but the reason I say this is because God can provide a way where there seems to be no way, and even where there seems to be no money or no resources, he is able to supply abundantly above all that we can ask or think to accomplish his purpose. Now, it, was I immediately enriched in a new law office? No, absolutely not. But after a few years, I was doing better than they were. And I was just a sole practitioner. So, I share that with you. Uh, we have to be willing to be a doer of the Word and not just a hear. So what does that mean when you study the Word? It means that when you go to the Bible in the morning... You say, Lord, I want, I, I, need you to show me today what you would have me to see here in this passage, in this chapter, whatever it is, uh, whether it's a warning, whether it's a principle, uh, whether it's part of your greater plan, I really need you to reveal to me what you want me to see today here in this passage. And so I carry that right, right behind me, right beside me right now, I have the same yellow pens that I've been using, uh, yellow markers that I've been using for 40 years, Sharpies. They're very narrow-pointed so that I don't put a big, huge yellow swath through my Bible. I use the pointed end and keep it very sharp along the line of the Bible so that it's very clear and I highlight only those portions that the Lord reveals to me. I don't want to clutter my whole Bible up with yellow markings. And then, as the Holy Spirit points out, uh, for instance, a word or a phrase in a passage perhaps that I've just highlighted, then I'll underline that very carefully so it jumps off the page into my mind and my heart whenever I look at it, then oftentimes I will be, I'll remember. The Holy Spirit will prompt me, oh, what you just read, do you remember reading about that in the New Testament over here? Or do you remember reading about that in the Old Testament over here? Or do you remember this other passage over here in the Old Testament? And so I'll make a cross-reference with a fine-point red pen in the margin. I've been doing that for 40 years. I've literally worn out several uh, Thompson Chain Reference Bibles. This is what I use. So I'm always using exactly the same format so I know exactly where passages are because I'm so used to using the Bible. I'm familiar with it. It's like having a sword that you've gotten used to using in your hand. You don't have to try to figure out where to use it. You just use it. And so I've been I've prepared other Bibles, spending as much as two to three years preparing the next Bible with all of those markings. I'm doing that right now with another Bible because my Bibles are starting to fall apart. That's what I do. Okay? You can do what you want to do, but that's what I do. All right. You know what? The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Oh, have I ever seen that happen? Oftentimes through the multi-level marketing system. Oh, my goodness, have I seen that happen. Oh, yeah. You know, when we're finished with this life, you know what I want? I want the master to say to me, well done, you good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. I want him to say, well done, don't you? I don't want to be caught up with that which so seduces my mind and my heart that it diverts me away from my first love by love of the Lord, and seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. I agree. God says that it is through him that we are made prosperous. In fact, in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, he says, Take heed, lest you have eaten our full, and have dwelt goodly houses, and uh, dwelt therein. And when your silver and your gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, that you forget the Lord your God. For it is he that gives you power or authority to get wealth, that he may establish his promises to you, his covenant to you, which he swore unto your fathers. Right there, the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8. That's one of the principles. Does God want us to prosper? Yes. What does it mean to prosper? It doesn't mean to get wealth the way we think of it. It may involve that, but it means to have an abundant supply for all of our needs and for every good work that God wants us to do, whatever that is. And every person has different good works that he wants us to do with his resources. So I ask you a question. Could God trust you? Can he really trust you with resources? How about with the knowledge of his word? Can he trust you with that? Or is it going to build pride? And you're going to pursue power, perks, and position, like the religious leaders that crucified Jesus. And now, by the way, we discover that the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank has left investors wondering if their money in pension funds is safe. Several pension funds in the U.S., and some overseas, had money in that bank, including the California Public Employees Retirement Fund and the Teachers Retirement System and a Korean National Pension Service and Sweden's elective Pension Fund all had money in that bank. Whoa. Maybe they weren't all that attendant to managing their money either. Or the money that people had entrusted to them. And then even Charles Schwab, the Texas based financial services corporation stock slumped by more than 20% on Monday. The wipeout came as the company was touting its resilience. And Schwab is ranked eighth among U.S. banks by assets with seven trillion dollars in client funds. And 30, almost 34 million active brokerage accounts. And now, the report, Credit Suisse. Credit, Credit Suisse now. Largest investor said it would not pro, could not provide the Swiss bank with more financial assistance since its shares and broader European shares are sliding once more. That's echoing across the world. Europe's bank index has now seen more than 120 billion euros evaporate since March 8th. Now, does that mean the whole system is going to collapse right now? I don't know. I don't know. But I'll tell you one thing I trust God. Do you? this is not a time to fear my friends fear not little flock fear not for i will be with you be not dismayed for i am your god i'll not leave you nor forsake you but you've got to put your confidence and your trust in him and you've got to live as if you are that's why we need to study to show ourselves approved unto god my friends a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Trust in the Lord, my friend, with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. All of them. And He'll direct your path. Now, to help you along the way, get a copy of my book, Seduction of the Saints, How to Stay Pure in an Unbelievable World of Deception an $18 book, yours for $15, on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministries. Become a partner, friends. Uh, You know, those who give cheerfully, God bless us. Do you give cheerfully? I don't know, but God does.